What's up, my Bolsonaros? What's up, my Epstein apologists? Welcome to Time is a Flat Circle. A look at how humans keep getting it wrong. Back at it again. Uh, I'm your host, Joseph the Youngest, and I'm here with the crew. Throwing it over to the next youngest, I think, Hondo. Yes, I believe. I would hope I'm the second youngest. Um, what's going on, everybody? It's Hondo. Um, happy to be here as always. Um, 12 pounds down from the last time we came here, but I do not have 12 opinions to share today. Um, but I'll try my best to give as much as I can. I will pass it over to the biggest one of us all, Andre. I'm the uh, also the least youngest in the group. Nice. Um, we had a like sudden hurricane downpour here today and for some reason it only killed the power to my room and my bathroom and not the rest of the apartment but it's fixed so we're up and running uh and i'll throw it over to my sister from another mister adrian (laughs) i just want to say uh age is a mindset age is a mindset time is a construct (laughs) i self-identify as a 25 year old I self-identify as a 16-year-old. Hashtag Epstein. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Only I get to make those jokes. Um, <laughs> He's moderator. It's not creepy when he does it. <laughs> Today we've got an interesting episode uh, that kind of just ties into exactly what we talk about each week, um, but coming from a different singular perspective uh, because we decided... Um, without really any input from me because I'm terrible at being part of the group when we're talking about these things. Uh, We wanted to get into Chappelle and his new stand-up specials and what he's doing with that Netflix money. Uh, Let's get into it. What exactly led us to this topic? Or who brought it up first? I want to say Andre. We were talking about the special, yeah, and then we figured like we might as well discuss since everybody had seen it. Yeah, everyone's seen it, for sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to fake it, Joseph. We talked about this. (laughs) The running theme continues. No, but uh, it's a pretty good take. It's a pretty good piece of culture that is just a big comment on culture. Um, Sounds like he's got a lot of serious discussion to be had under the blanket of comedy, which is always the easiest way to talk about things when you can make people laugh about them. So, what does he touch on that really made you want to talk about this, Andre? Wait, wait, can I, before we get super into it, can I first uh, just throw out some headlines that I was able to, to find do, <laughs> today? Do you have a please, Scooby-Doo please hot do, take? Please do. Okay, okay, so these are the headlines about uh, Chappelle's stand-up special from Vice. You can definitely skip Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special, Sticks and Stones. From The Hollywood Reporter, Dave Chappelle slams Michael Jackson accusers. Cancel culture in Netflix special. And then my favorite, The Daily Beast. Dave Chappelle calls Michael Jackson rape accusers liars. (laughs) All of that happened. Yeah, those are two headlines. Which he called that out in the special. He was like, oh, yeah, I made this joke. And there was a journalist in the audience who, like, wrote notes down for everything. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just wanted to get into that. Like, just... oh, Yeah, right off the bat. I mean, we can yeah. get into that. I, let's describe what the cancel culture has done to media topics. Oh, well, we, that... didn't, we didn't get Andre's take. I interrupted rudely with some headlines just because I thought they were hilarious. <laughs> 
Well, this will be interesting because uh, I, I think Andre probably has a lot to say about cancel culture in general and why he may think it's bullshit. Was was that my lead? I thought you had like a whole. Okay, I thought it sounded like you had a lot more to say there than you just stopped. Uh, I, I'm indifferent on cancel culture, although like I kind of wish I would get canceled so that I wouldn't have to go check social media anymore. We we can arrange that. We can arrange that. I uh, like. I'll just report your ass, dude. Just post something in a. That's not. That's not how it works, Hondo. No, no, no. It has to be like a whole social effort to get me canceled. I mean, we so. just all we would have to do is take Adrian's burner Twitter account and like let me tweet those, and that would do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't out, don't out my burner Twitter. <laughs> I didn't add it. What's the? Uh, I guess what's the <clears throat> point then of what people do and why? Or not what people do. People in the, people in the entertainment sphere. <laughs> I feel like people in the entertainment sphere, uh, especially a comedian, a lot of their job comes from that need to uh, maybe bring to light subjects that are not as often talked about. Um, I think they see it as their job. They see it as, as kind of why they got into it in the first place. Uh, making people laugh is definitely a big thing of it, but the most successful comedians kind of have something to say um, about what's going on in the world today. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that fair to say about Dave Chappelle? Like, cause he, how did he, how does, how do you get from Chappelle show to where he is now? Is there, is there a line that you can follow um, from his maybe lifestyle choices or things that happened to him? Yeah. I think that was a, uh, inside the actor's studio episode where like they talked about it and he gets to a point where he just pauses and he's like and then you have Africa and like that's what he had just like had enough and that's how when he disappeared that for those like two years whatever it was um, probably just chasing after one of Hyman's exes but um, <laughs> the, the other two things are that like he's got he does a good job of pushing the envelope, right? And a lot of this special is that, like, he's going to do these things that are going to cause headlines and they're going to get people out of their comfort zone, which I think the two places to do that are comedy and theater. Like, you should be pushing the envelope. And my my brother always took the approach of, like, either everything's funny, like, you can poke fun at anything or nothing. Because <clears throat> if you start outlawing things, you run into, like, censorship and what you can and can't talk about. And Dave does a good job of just, like, pushing all those boundaries as far as they go. Is there a sincerity aspect to it? Because I think it's a lot different hearing someone say just racist jokes to get that cheap laugh versus saying racist jokes to poke uh, the sleeping bear that is racism uh, and just kind of make people understand that it's not something that is just a joke. It's something that actually happens to a lot of people. Um, so does the point... Uh, perspective come into play with Chappelle. I mean, I, I've always seen him as pretty sincere. Um, <clears throat> he is kind of saying some controversial shit. It's not just to say it. It's because he's got some, uh, I don't know, thought process behind it that isn't just bullshit. Uh, yeah, I think the the thought process you could even say is just nuance. I think uh, in a lot of cancel culture or and whatever you want to call it on on either side of the political spectrum, uh, like all sense of context and nuance gets lost and I, I thought he was really good at 
yeah, he touches the third rail and gets all kinds of controversial. But at the same time, he really makes you think about some of these things that are like you just kind of automatically think there's an easy um, yes or no. It's a binary choice. Uh, the the joke that really like made me think afterwards is like, holy shit, like did he really just make me think that way was the um, the abortion joke. And, and he goes into it kind of like it's a real bait and switch type joke where he gets all like the women you can actually see him in the crowd cheering about like the, like it's it's not a man's choice like if you got a dick you got to get out of the conversation you can't do this you can't do that and then, like it, it all makes sense and it sounds very very pro-choice and then he goes uh, but to be fair and then he he goes on to say that like if you have a right to murder the baby i have a right to abandon that baby as a man and you could see like all like the energy from like the girls in the in the the room that were kind of hooting and hollering just like disappear but then he throws this like random throwaway line that's almost like said under his breath he was like but you know if you felt that was wrong then we might both be wrong and that's something we got to think about and he just immediately goes into another joke but if you like really like think about that it's like well did he just make like a pro-life stance joke and make us all laugh at, at it and like realize how retarded we were but you you never know because i feel like for him it's not about taking a stand one way or the other but like embracing the nuance and embracing that like you know what odds are we're probably all wrong yeah i think to your point what makes him able to i think what makes him able to have those type of stand-ups because even his previous ones that he's had on netflix and for a while now um, the one thing I catch myself always doing when I, whether I'm laughing or whether I'm taking in what he says is I, I find myself listening to him and not in the sense of like, hey, what's the next line you're going to throw at me? Like, I've always felt he's one of those rare individuals that when he speaks, he can command attention regardless of how he's trying to capture it from you. So whether he's making serious anecdotes or whether he's using a setup for the favorite one he's like all right i need to find a pussy joke to say now like he's he says <laughs> stuff like that where it's just like it catches your attention but regardless of if he's using it in a regardless of the context he always seems to have everyone seems to listen right and it's not one of those things where you always put on the back burner like people avidly pay attention to him and i think that creates a unique circumstance because he does set you up in ways like that to where he'll totally like light your fire on whatever belief you have and then completely stoke it out in one line and make you reconsider why you were passionate about it in the first place. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I think that one epilogue piece where he was talking with the tranny and then the tranny was like, uh, man, I don't remember the whole thing, but he was saying like, uh, he was stoking the fires to incite something when it came to not dealing with transvestites, but when it came to specifically on the transvestite content, I don't know, like the media was spinning it in a not positive light. I'm totally butchering it right now, but it was just one of those things where like people listen to him and when they really listen to what he has to say, like it really does kind of sit back and make you think about it regardless of if you found it funny or not. Yeah. So it's basically like uh, Piper, uh, he's able to get people to hold his hand to the logical extreme conclusion of what their thoughts and beliefs might be. Like I always uh, liken it to uh, the anti-vaxxer movement um, where you can kind of engage people in the conversation as agreeing with them about uh, being anti-vax in a lot of uh, ways and uh, pretty much get everyone to uh, admit that they are into eugenics pretty easily. 
because uh, you could just say like, yeah, like your, your throwaway line at the end of a conversation that would maybe make them think is, I'd much rather have a dead son than an autistic one. And then they're like, oh, shit, do I believe that? Because I think that I'd rather not give my kid vaccines than uh, risk them being autistic. And it's like, even if you think that, wouldn't you rather, like, what, what's so bad about autistic kids? Like, do you think all of them should die? It's, it's hard to... Uh, it's a quick jump from one to the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not It's not at all hard to get to that conclusion. Um, so would you say that there's uh, an archetype in that? In that, um, I don't know, that minstrel, uh, that wise minstrel. I don't know what it would, what it would be called. but I think it would, um, the, the court jester kind of feels like he, he plays that role almost to a T. Right? Like it's to speak truth to power, but in a way that... Like you can get away with it because you're, uh, I don't know, be, being a spectacle so, while you're doing it. So he's you, Adrian. <laughs> I wouldn't say. I wouldn't so say. So wait, so so you did see the special, Joseph? No, I didn't. <laughs> that was one of the jokes. Like, what? Why is your dick out? <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just as funny as they feel, guys. Yeah. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> no, um, no, I think he's always kind of had that ability it's kind of weird because you see it come out in different ways when he was on the Chappelle show or like my first experience with Dave Chappelle as an uh an actor was half-baked and that's so far removed from what he does now but it's kind of not at the same time it's kind of not because he played a pretty good straight man in an otherwise absurd comedy um which is funny because he's not at all a, a, a straight man uh I mean he's a he's a uh a straight man but he's not uh, a straight man in the comedic sense he kind of plays that role pretty well but even then he's doing some wacky shit and he's playing other characters um it's interesting to see him evolve to where he is now where you don't really see him do uh bit roles or uh, make fun of himself that much um, now he's just making fun of culture as a whole I think he still makes fun of himself a couple of times, like to get you feeling comfortable with like the some of the the more insane stuff he says in this special. Like he definitely grounds it in talking about like something that happened to him in terms of like he lives on a farm and he's talking about like the experience that he had living on a farm and feeling like a just like totally emasculated man because like some guy walked into his property but the dude had was open carrying a rifle and all he could do is just kind of like wave and smile at him because you're not going to tell that guy to get off your lawn like you can't what are you going to do uh so like he makes fun of that but then he goes like way out, out in left field like i did i had no idea where that was fucking going and like he never like he never stops. It just, it, it kept going and going and going till like, I, I was like, wait, when did he start talking about like this being a hypothetical? Because he's talking about like shooting people and like, it, it was wild. It was a wild ride. That one bit that he took, took people on. Well, and so that you were talking about the throwaway line from earlier too. He does it again at the end of that bit when he's like, uh, every able-bodied black person in America needs to go register to carry a firearm. And like everybody laughs and he goes, that's the only way they'll change the law. And then just moves on. But like, that's a huge social commentary because that would actually change the law. Uh, I, now, now I'm kind of wanting to rewatch it and like 
how many of all like all these absurd jokes are just like there for that throwaway line that actually has like the nugget of real meaning and the only reason he was saying it was the throwaway lines <laughs> yeah dude no that's so that what you're saying i think that's the that's that's his bit it's masking it's masking nuggets of information and comedy in a way that people it still resonates with them right because when he was making the uh, when he was talking about when he was working with Chappelle show when he was like um Am I allowed to say it? Am I allowed to say it right? So you're, you're not allowed. You're to not say allowed. It. Yeah, I, I, I'm not allowed to say. I it. I don't see a. I don't see a hall pass. Okay. Okay. Say it, dude. Just fucking no, no. <laughs> Definitely right. don't say it. All right, I won't say the f word. Um. So <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, but yeah. So no. Uh, Chappelle was talking about when he was doing the Chappelle show. He got in trouble because he used the word for uh, the f word for homosexuals. And then he's like, "Oh, I oh, thought I you were talking about the other half of this misdirection seat." <laughs> Solid. Don't Solid. say, don't say that word either, though. Definitely, <laughs> definitely don't say that one. Don't, don't say that word. Canceled. Dun, dun. So yeah, so it had to deal with. Well, okay. So I need a way to communicate. What does it used to be? A, a, a British term for a cigarette, right? Yeah. No, no. Okay. It's a bundle of sticks that was used for kindling. A bundle of. Yeah, so he used the word for a bundle of sticks meant for kindling, and then he used the N-word. And then he got in trouble, and he's like, why am I allowed to use the N-word but not the bundle of sticks word? And then they go, well, because you're not a bundle of sticks. And then he turns around and he goes, but I'm not the N-word either. And that's a line where everyone's like, oh, my God, he makes so much sense right now. And then he just transitions right into the story about uh, about the guns. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where, like, he makes you laugh. And he makes you think, and then he just completely blows your mind, and you almost don't have enough time to react to it. So he's just Joe, he's Joe Rogan for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Joe Rogan that doesn't yell. Because like uh, Chris Rock stops uh, telling that joke in his sets, where he's like, "We hate him too," because it's all about the context, and people were taking it out of context, like. See, even he's saying, like, he as a black man is saying that he hates them as well. Was that like an InfoWars headline? Uh, no, no. This was like in an interview with him. Like, why he, it's just like why he stopped telling that joke. He's like, I uh-huh. felt the energy of the crowd was taking it a much different way than what the joke was supposed to mean. And it's like, yeah, you, you kind of can lose control about things like that. Well, and I, yeah, but Chris Rock, so I, I know which one you're talking about. I, I think the difference is like Chris Rock kind of, so Chappelle's, so every comedian has like their shtick, right? Their shtick is like, oh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy is a hick that doesn't know what he's, like, doesn't understand common culture. Um, Tom Segura just likes to tell a bunch of stories about how his life has done dumb shit. Is it a baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why can we not just start the movie? But yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of that context. I think Chappelle's shtick is that he wants to have one-sided conversation about strenuous topics. So that kind of gives him that pass to broach those things because you're already expecting it to come from him in the first place. Chris Rock, you're not necessarily expecting that. Yeah. Hondo, would you say that Louis C.K. has a shtick? That's what I was going to get into because that was a good segue. Like all of the things are just kind of point, like cancel culture. No, I meant because of his dick. Like yeah. he was yeah, masturbating. He, he had a stick in his hand. It, it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good segue, but it was the, not there yet. We're still talk, we're talking about the shtick stuff. <laughs> I, I did have a legitimate segue that I wanted to get into though with uh, with Louis C.K. specifically because 
is there a danger? Um, I guess not so much with anyone specifically, but we can take a specific example of Dave Chappelle. Like, is there a danger now of telling it like it is in that court jester kind of way um, where people are like not sure if you're joking anymore? Because how many jokes did Louis C.K. have about like jerking off in front of uh, inappropriate places? And he got in trouble. He was actually just doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking about like um, that was the most, I don't know, unsurprising thing about it. Like, well, he joked about this on every forum that he ever was introduced in. He on stage, on his TV show, uh, in specials, like everywhere that he would tell jokes, that was one of them. So was it really surprising? But I, besides that point, is that a danger now? Like, do you see any of uh, Chappelle's jokes entering that sphere of Ooh, I don't know if this is going to get him canceled. Well, it sounds like the media is trying. So I don't think it's it's going to happen to him. But I think if if you're a like mediocre or like medium celebrity on Twitter and you use that, then, yeah, you're for sure getting canceled. Yeah. But like because well, of who he is, I don't think so. There's, he also didn't actually do what he talks about. Or if he does, he doesn't make it known. Like Louis C.K. was like, hey. The stuff that I joked about, I actually did that and people came out and told about it. Like, we, all the stuff that Dave Chappelle jokes about, you don't necessarily know if he's actually doing that or not. Wait, and you don't necessarily know that he, like, even really believes some of the stuff he's saying. Like, part of me feels, yeah. like, feels like Chappelle is one of those few people that just looks for the laughs. Like, like he's, I don't even know where he stands on most things that he talked about in this special let alone other specials um other than he thought it was funny and he was just thinking it was gonna land with with the audience that was in front of him like that that's i think the only litmus test that you have for any of the things or the words that he says um other than the fact that he does have fuck you money um and the name of the show was Sticks and Stones, so it does kind of feel like he was maybe daring people to to try and cancel him. But even then, it, it, it it's again just doing it for the laughs, right? So if people do try and cancel him, and he's left all these little breadcrumbs saying like that's exactly what I wanted you to do, the people that get the joke are going to find it funny. Like I thought it was funny, like listening or not listening, but reading all those headlines because I feel like I. Maybe I'm in on the joke. I'm sure you guys are in on the joke too. Like he, the whole special was about trying to get him canceled. He ma- makes mention of it like four or five times. So it's kind of like listening to all those old Cosby interviews where he's <laughs> just basically talking about how bad it is to take advantage of people. <laughs> uh, the whole series of Fat Albert is just like, haha, look at me. Can't catch me. <laughs> no, I, I think the perfect um, explanation for uh, like all the content in the special is at the very beginning he does a, an impression of like oh, oh, if you do anything wrong no matter how long ago if we catch you we're going to make sure that like you can n- never live it down and like your whole life's going to be ruined and this and that and you don't know where he's going with it because he asked the crowd like who am I and like you actually hear like random people yell Trump but then he goes, no, that's you. Like, and then he talks about how like everyone in the audience and like everyone 
basically at large is like the most horrible like people or mob ever because it's like just reputation hunting season like everyone is out to end end everyone online cancel culture is run rampant um and, and part of me feels like if you if you really think about it in terms of like the court gesture is really there to make make fun of the king it's like this is what happens if the we're all the king if the mob is the king like the court gesture is going to turn around and start making fun of all the ridiculous shit you do and he's daring you to cut off his head because as soon as you cut off his head that proves like he you give credence to what he's saying yeah he's like the joker like daring the dark dark knight to kill him right like that that's basically what he's trying to do back to the comics as always i love it <laughs> so are we batman <laughs> No, I feel like we're the guy who played Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Dave Chappelle John Leguizamo? <laughs> no, so you didn't get that one, Joseph. The guy who played Spawn is one of the gangsters in that scene. He's the one who's in the pool hall, and he, like, actually cut with a how did I get these scars talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that Mike, guy played Spawn. Michael Jai White. <clears throat> there you go. He's got a name. I just didn't know him as Spawn. Yeah, no, that, I would, too. It's a better way to be known than some stupid name. Uh, see Todd McFarlane is bringing a Spawn series to Showtime, I think. Is he? Anima- animated or live action? I'm not sure, but it's apparently supposed to uh, completely have Spawn in the shadows and not really ever seen because it's supposed to be the detectives that are like always... Uh, investigating the crazy murders that Spawn does. <laughs> Sounds terrible. And that's what the series uh, will... So it's just a buddy cop, like, series? Yeah. With featuring Spawn? <laughs> yeah, like, every now and then you just see a big cape. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of like that. I, I'd sit down and watch that. It's, it's for you. Um, I would say that it's kind of it's kind of easy to identify what this archetype may have looked like in the past um but it's pretty easy also to differentiate between uh the same kinds of characters that have existed um just in the comedian culture uh, comedian sphere um the the one that comes to mind in my head is george carlin who kind of did the same thing but for i think very different reasons i think he really did feel a certain way about things and he really did have a certain kind of uh, belief system that he wanted to um, kind of preach about in a weird way with his co- comedy. Uh, he wanted to get other people to think like him, um, which may have just meant <laughs> thinking critically. Uh, it, it, it seemed like that may have been uh, the cross that he was willing to die on. Uh, rest in power, George Carlin. But what's that? Um, what's that comedian that Josh always quotes? Uh, Cosby. It's gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did you say, Adrian? The comedian who what? That Josh, Josh always quotes about how mar- uh, marketers are Satan's. Spawn. Is it? Is it not Joe Rogan? <laughs> oh, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks is another good example. I feel like just kind of like railing at the the power at the time. But I feel like his comedy would George Carlin and Bill Hicks' comedy probably would have been totally different if they were coming up now, like their, their targets would have been different because I feel like they subscribe to trying to punch up. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I, I feel George Carlin might have like 
committed suicide if he grew if he grew up grew out in these times like if he got if he got his start in these times um i don't know there's just some darkness in there that i don't think would have been able to uh <laughs> subsist like on what like it, there would be too much yeah, he'd be uh, overwhelmed come on he, he was a pretty lighthearted dude Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Thomas the Tank Engine. I mean, so, so was Anthony Bourdain, Adrian. <laughs> he was that uh, executive hobo in uh, James Island Bob. There you go. There you go. The Anthony Bourdain joke made me almost cry laugh. <laughs> well, and to, to start there, like, if that's where you start... I didn't. I was like, "Where do you go from here?" And then he got me. And I was like, "Man, this guy's good." Yeah. I think the Michael Jackson one was the one that, like, it, it got me on such a high. I was kind of downhill for the rest of it because he was like, "Yeah, you get to brag about Michael Jackson sucking your dick, and the rest of us just have to have awkward Thanksgivings for the rest of our lives." <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, something that's a little more. Um, easy to identify being modern times than it, it maybe used to have been. Um, or maybe you just kind of have to live through it because it's pretty obvious what that looks like to me now, but it's hard for me to like go back in time and think of who other than, and I, 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 I lived through a little bit of George Carlin too. So that's, that's some of it, but I, I can't think of like who might've taken that role. Um, just historically. Oh, Actually, never mind. Charlie Chaplin, right? Mm. Was he making fun of like the the power structures and like? I the... feel like he was. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I just know that he he did funny. The only thing I know is that Charlie Chaplin came in third in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great fact to know. <laughs> Uh, how many times have you seen Catch Me If You Can? None. So that that's also used in Lucky Number Eleven. Oh, okay. How many times have you seen Lucky Number Eleven? Way too many. Was that was that a movie I introduced to you, Andre? I think so. Yes. Or you told me to watch it, and then I went and found it. <laughs> this are. was pre uh, pre Holy Mountain <laughs> when I I was actually taking your recommendations <laughs> for media. I'm now close to Adrian recommendations. There's, there's no room at the end. Terrible, terrible. I have one bad, one bad recommendation. <laughs> it was so bad though. Uh, we watched so much Warcraft though. That's our usual uh, off-topic discussion there. Yeah. If we were to get into what that looks like going forward. Is there an obvious successor to someone like Dave Chappelle, or does it take time to get there? Because it took him a long time to get to where he is. Um, not for any specific reason, I don't think. I, I, I think he may have just gotten there um, by living his life the way he has. Um, I don't know if he would, no matter what, have become the person he is. Um, if he didn't just kind of go through this, the the weird roller coaster of success that he had, and the I guess moral quandaries that he always presented um, when people were just offering him tons and tons of money to I don't know if you'd call it sell out, but maybe like morally sell out. I, I think 
I think to your like the uh, I guess the question you're asking is like how how or who is next up to bat or next in line to kind of take up that that role not a specific person but like how does that person come to be is, oh. is my real question like is it is it through certain kinds of struggle is it just happenstance coincidence or is there a kind of person that is suited to that role i i don't know that there's enough fertile ground for that type of person to exist if it isn't for more comedians to do what Dave Chappelle is doing and uh, make it this is going to sound stupid but make it safe make it safe to talk about dangerous things again because I don't think, like, if you look at... That, the, doesn't, that doesn't fit on a hat very well. <laughs> no, but, but, like, if you look at the Aziz Ansari special, like, that was basically, like, an hour and a half long apology with some funny, like, anecdotes and nothing that really, really felt very dangerous. And well, at the, at the same time, I would say I don't think it was meant. I, I don't think that's where he was coming from. Like he didn't make a comedy special like he made. And I don't think it, you could say for sure it's an apology, but it's more. Uh, I mean, he touches on it at the end of his act about just being grateful because he finally felt what it would be like to have it all taken away. <laughs> like he realized he was just uh fucking the world and being a, a world fucker and like he did, didn't think that that was anything special for a while and, and I think so I didn't watch it because he's been cancelled guys <laughs> I, no he got uncancelled he got uncancelled <laughs> you, you didn't get the memo we took it back we took it back <laughs> control Z no, what you say? I, I, it's just those are I don't know the examples are weird because I, I would make the argument that because I'm like Aziz, you go to Dave Chappelle, like you would almost argue they're not doing skits, right? Because when you go to comedy clubs or like when you watch a comedy performance, my at least this is for me, maybe I'm wrong. My, my expectation is to see a caricature or at least a persona of somebody that I don't necessarily believe to be real because they're going to talk about stories. They're going to use exaggeration, hyperbole, sarcasm. And in your mind, you're like, okay, this person's not like this normally. This is just the, perform- the performance that they're giving. But with people like Aziz and people like Dave Chappelle, like that's kind of where I keep going back to. I think this is more of just really amazing storytelling because you get I don't get the opinion or I don't get the uh, the perception that they're doing a performance. Like I genuinely feel like they're talking to me. Like you know what I mean? Like that feels I feel like that's a little different than a stand up skit because a stand up skit's for like a general audience. Whereas like I can genuinely get the impression like, oh no, he's talking directly to me. And that's where I find my my attention or my sense of entertainment coming from. I think what you're describing, though, is separating good comics from bad comics. Because, like, what your first description was, uh, just like a character, like, uh, exaggeration. That's fucking, like, Jeff Dunham. Well, so... And I don't know that it's good comics versus bad comics because I'd go with like the and I forget his last name Joseph the one we talked about Anthony Jelesnik or whatever it is like yeah. he he goes up there and very much is like telling you jokes like he's not trying to make a commentary or talk to you he's just rattling off punchlines and like he's funny it's a good show 
But I think it's a different version of comedy than what Hondo's talking about. They're like well, they're like genres, right? Like Jesselnik is definitely someone that is n- absolutely not the guy that he is on stage in real life. Like I don't think anybody, no, I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he could be. And then I feel like Dave Chappelle and Aziz Ansari are were or are probably just heightened versions of themselves. Like it's turned up to twelve, you know. Like let's see, like how far we can take this. In terms, so of- they're they're the Rock. Well, okay, all right. So, so would you just like the Rock is always the Rock, but when he's wrestling, he's like the, the rock, rock at twelve. <laughs> I think you can kind of draw a pretty stark contrast. Um, and the reason I think it's interesting is because it's the same person, like Aziz before the incident versus Aziz in this last special. I mean, they're two completely different kinds of comedians. Um, is that what you would describe as like the genres? Is there a level of sincerity that is in one and not in the other that you think makes it better or worse? Or is it just different? I think to me, they were both heightened versions of who he was at the time. And it really comes down to the fact that, like, maybe he was coming at it from the wrong uh, place in his heart in terms of, like, he does describe himself as, like, I'm not sure if he uses the world the word world fucker but like basically like just kind of wanting to like burn it all to the ground and just like see how many laughs you could get and not not caring and i feel like Chappelle, like the things he has to say are are more like hey look in the mirror like stop being so like stop doing like your neighbor so dirty like just like why can't there be more love in the world i feel like you can see that in like the things that he does in his community the decisions he makes in terms of like putting his family in ohio like not trying to live in a mansion, but living like on a farm. Like I, I think he he really comes from a place where he wants to just make make the world better. And his little way of doing it is taking some of the money that he's made and doing good things for the community, and then kind of showing people that hey, like we we all kind of suck quite a bit. Like just chill out a little bit. <laughs> So I'm glad you brought that up, Agent, because I was going to give a shout out to the Gym City Shine from this past weekend that he did in Dayton, Ohio, to help these uh, victims of the mass shooting there. And there's a quote from him that is, don't forget what this place is about. Mankind learned how to fly in this city. Fun fact, the Wright brothers are from Dayton, Ohio. The Dayton Flyers? Yeah, Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it kind of comes down to, um, man. I guess who you can identify with. It's it's like my definition of good art has always been when you can translate a feeling that you're feeling through any medium to another person because it's weird that you can describe it in such a way with words as much as you can, but you'll never actually make them feel exactly the way you're feeling uh, just by description alone. Um, When your description gets artistic, uh, be it with just words like in a poem or in a a song, uh, with music, with uh, paint on canvas, or with a comedy bit, um, you're translating a more concentrated or more true version of that feeling to another human being and when that is able to be translated to a bunch of human beings at once then you've got something going now you're cooking with fire um 
but is that is that all it is is it just um is it part of the culture right now that's interesting just because it's good it's good art would it be would it be at all um noteworthy if he wasn't so good at it like if he was telling the same jokes in a shittier way uh still had the same things to say i i can i can answer that one so like <laughs> at the end of the 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 special uh, morgan was like so he he basically like said all like the ridiculous things you say all the time and like i'm sure you like like i was able to like say some of the not say the punchline because I, I didn't say it anywhere as articulate as he did but like I knew where he was going with a lot of these things because like that's how where my mind is but Morgan was like but when you say things these things it's not funny it's just offensive <laughs> <laughs> like, when you, say so you just gotta work person. on your delivery yeah that's all it is Adrian <laughs> but, but I think yeah, it's like, it's, the art it, it is, would be like as I say, the art is like making you or making that other person like accept it in, into their like head and laugh at it versus like wanting to punch you in the face, you know, like that. That's so what you're saying is we want we want me to deliver your material. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like it's almost it's almost like what what if what if Ben Shapiro was really funny or what if Jordan Peterson was really funny and like that's a good comic. <laughs> Because people obviously <laughs> get just all jazzed up when they hear guys like that talk um, about things that they think, but it sounds really stupid and uh, not not stupid. It sounds obnoxious uh, to people that aren't open to thinking. Or yeah, that don't already way. agree, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It just sounds like just shut up, man. I mean, look at what happens to Neil deGrasse Tyson all the time. He gets so many mean tweets. Um, <laughs> deservedly, maybe, sometimes. Well, well, yeah. I mean, the last one was kind of, come on, dude. <laughs> was that the one after the shooting? Wait, what was that? Yeah, after yeah, the shooting. And he was like, no, it. technically this velocity of the bullet kills people. Like, no, nobody fucking cares. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't what he said, but it was something equivalent to like, that's not how physics works. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's. What if Neil deGrasse Tyson was funny? Um, Instead, he's an autist. Should have got them vaccines. Alley <laughs> <laughs> oop. See, it was funny when Andre said it, not when Adrian said it. <laughs> yeah, when you said it, Adrian, I was like immediately trying to apologize for you. Um, <laughs> so I intentionally just quick sidebar. I intentionally bring that up with everyone I know who has a child to make sure that they vaccinated their kid. Otherwise, I'm just never speaking to them again and being in the same vicinity as them. <laughs> yeah, it is upsetting. I mean, I don't know. Just carry the a couple, is burning. couple vials of a uh, vaccine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you how to raise your shot, your child, but you should definitely vaccinate. We vaccinate dogs. <laughs> that's my. That's my spiel. Is your child better than a dog? <laughs> <laughs> we hope so. I guess it's uh, it is it is just indicative of time being a flat circle. There's not really anything interesting about um, Dave Chappelle other than he's a really interesting commenter on what's happening right now. Um, and he always there's going to be another yeah. Dave Chappelle. There's going to be another Dave Chappelle for another generation. There's going to be um, things for that Dave Chappelle to talk about. Um, 
and they might argue with each other. Like, uh, I, I think that's one of the things that's most interesting is you get to a certain point and you're on the other side of the, the pendulum swinging. And what's funny is the complete opposite of what's funny now. In which case, time would be a, a flat circle. That's like the starting over. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that would have been great to just end it there, but then you had to say something. Like <laughs> Joseph had it all wrapped up nice. And it was just like, all right, I guess we're cutting this one short today. <laughs> ah, damn it. So let's play this game now. What Dave Chappelle do you map to? <laughs> Man, uh, I'm going to go way out into left field here, and I'm going to go Dave Chappelle and You've Got Mail. Mm. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go Dave Chappelle in Undercover Brother. Conspiracy Brother? <laughs> Conspiracy <laughs> Brother. You definitely <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that maps. <laughs> am I going to die? <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'm Dave Chappelle in Africa because <laughs> I'm just out of the picture. <laughs> uh, was Dave Chappelle in Screwed with Norm MacDonald? That was them too, right? I think so. I think so. Because I remember that movie very fondly and I don't remember him, his face in it. But I do remember thinking, man... Uh, Adrian does act a lot like Norm, and I really hope that one day I can be his Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Danny DeVito, Norm MacDonald, Dave Chappelle. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know which Dave Chappelle Josh is, but I don't know how to explain it without taking like 15 minutes. We've got about that much left. So there, there was the, and I can probably do a quick, there was the, did you guys remember the original episode of The Chappelle Show? The pilot episode? Yeah. No. Wow. Okay. So he plays a blind uh, old black man in the South who is racist towards black people. I re- yes, yeah. Okay. That's, that's Josh. Yeah. <laughs> is it weird? No. Is it weird that when you were saying that's the first skit I thought of when I was like, yeah, that's it's the Josh one you remember been. because it's yeah. so again, it's so abrasive, like it's so out there, but just still funny. Uh, and then Jaime is Prince Dave Chappelle. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Game, Game blouses. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, he's had a, a very whole career. Where does he go from here? You think he still has stuff to do besides specials? I think he's got contracted still. Could you see him like um, producing a a, some 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 movies, having some shit to say? Nah, uh, I don't. I don't know about movies. I think Uh, that's Jordan Peele's job. Yeah, I think it's all going to be stand up. I think he still has things to say, so we'll probably see see more stand up from him. But. yeah, no movies. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think he's contracted to do a certain number of stand-ups for Netflix. So I, I think that was the the second or the... I, can't, I don't remember. That first stand-up was like a part one and part two. Um, so I think he was scheduled to do three or four. I can't, I can't remember. It's weird how much of an avenue Netflix has become for all 
genres of media. So I was going to bring that up with Hondo beforehand, but Hondo, I don't know if you noticed, they're doing their own anime now. Yeah, yeah they're doing yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. They're doing a ton of it. We were just yeah. watching, um, uh, Adrian and I, uh, when he was up here, we were just watching a trailer, and I was telling him, I'm pretty sure they did, like, the way they got House of Cards was just, like, using the algorithm to figure out, okay, people like crime dramas, people like Aaron Sorkin writing, people like David Fincher uh, movies. Let's put all of that stuff kind of together and we'll make this show. And If we get like a third of each and put yeah, it together. Like, and then it's like, who's the, the people that like all of these genres? Uh, favorite actor? Kevin Spacey. We got it. <laughs> and it, it worked. Like it was the algorithm actually working. Um, but it seems like they're kind of trying to do the same thing with anime. Have you seen the trailer for, what is it, Cannon Busters? Yeah, it was Cannon Busters. Yeah, that will Yeah, I, I've seen... Uh, it's got the big robots. It's got, like, the hyper-stylized um, animation styles with uh, the character designs are all insane. It's got... pretty. I'm pretty sure Steve Bloom is at least voicing one character in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, there's that documentary on there, too, uh, Enter the Anime, where it's, it's like a 50-minute documentary that talks about all of the people that uh, do the writing and producing and stuff for Netflix animes. And they're like, they're exactly who you think they would be. And they talk about kind of like what inspires them to, to write and talk and just uh, produce the content that they make. So y'all going to get Disney plus or what? <laughs> uh, so I'm buying it and I'm just going to, here's, here's my plan is you get six log, you get six, Logins and you can view four things at a time. So I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna give Alec, my parents, and someone else a login, and then we're each just gonna pay for three months out of the year. You just pay a whole year, and then you don't have to pay. Charge for them for it. No, you just don't have to pay. <laughs> I like that idea because by then there'll be a huge price increase and it'll be <laughs> twice as much. No, I think I think this is an interesting topic just because it kind of it's commentary on a already commentary subject uh i don't know how much more meta than that you can get maybe we can do a podcast a podcast about this podcast later i like it rowdy. <laughs> i can do it no, go ahead someone someone take the last words i don't know who to give them to I feel like Hondo hasn't said much. Um, I was going to say, Adrian, say something offensive and then Andre make us laugh afterwards and that would be like the perfect send-off. <laughs> okay, let's see. <laughs> oh, one place I thought Chappelle was going to go was, uh, uh, I feel like in the, the Bird Revelation, like a lot of that stand-up special had to do with what was now coming to light with like Jeffrey Epstein or... Maybe maybe it was Harvey Weinstein, but then it ended up being like Jeffrey Epstein. Like now in the current times, I really thought he was gonna like he had made fun of everyone you shouldn't make fun of at this point. So I I honestly oh, thought no. he was gonna end going. with like a should probably just stay away from any any of the steens. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna touch that one. Yeah. We're we're gonna leave that one alone. Private Adrian in this going on in Israel right now. In this economy, what's wrong with you? We'll let the viewers figure out what we're talking about. We'll keep that inside joke inside. Man, Yahoo's gonna get you, boy. 
we'll save our Fast and Furious discussions for later. Has anyone seen Hobbs and Shaw yet? No, dude, I refuse. I refuse on the basis that he killed Han. And they're turning him into this hero, and everybody loves him. I'm like, you all forgot he fucking killed Han, all right? And I am not over that yet. What if because it comes out that, like, Han killed himself because he knew he was going to die? Uh, kind of like a... He, he was like the situation. Okay, that works, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sacrificed himself to bring everyone together. He saw the Mercedes coming and was like, I have to let this happen. <laughs> no, he actually paid Statham to do it. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I refuse to support that movie. I'll wait until fast. What is it? Ten or nine? We're going to the moon, baby. Fifteen. Oh man, I'm ashamed. Who needs oxygen when you have family <laughs> and coronas? <laughs> wait, Joseph. I want to ask one question though about because I'm assuming you've seen Hobbs and Shaw, right? No, I haven't. That's why I'm really um, like, I have to watch it four times just so I I feel uh, in line with the universe. Because you know, I just want to know if he really holds onto a helicopter by it onto it by a chain. Of course he does. <laughs> well, he's got to one up Captain America. We do need to do a podcast on the Rock at one point, like which Rock we all map to. Is that next week? Is that what we're doing? Do we finally have a, a next week topic the week before? I, I was really hoping for. American Factory Gung Ho, but if we're not down... We can do that. Yeah, yeah. we can do that. Yeah. Are they both on Netflix? Uh, I have no idea. Well, American Factory is, right? Because yeah, that's I, where you got the suggestion. Yeah, I do know Gung Ho is like $2 on Google Play or whatever. Oh, uh, that's $2, man. <laughs> I can Venmo you $2. <laughs> I'll take it. As long as you don't back out like Hyman did. Oh, it's on Prime, so maybe it's free. There you go. Yeah. Oh wait, is that a wait? No, Andre, that's not a bet though. That was more of just like an offer. That wasn't a wager. <laughs> the wager though was a wager. It was. So yes, it was a valid wager. So okay, thank you. He, was, he still owes you money. Did he ever pay you? No. Nope. Of course not. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing: I can, all three all at the same time. We're like, of I can you buy would. it. For two ninety nine, or I can rent it for three ninety nine. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, it's an extra dollar on Amazon because it's through Stars. Stupid. Have Hyman pay for it for you. Uh, request money on Venmo for Hyman. Hey, he did pay me for being wrong about the Bucky bet. Oh, that. Oh, well, that's good. That's yeah, that's solid. Because that was a that yeah. had even less bearing than the other one. The other one was like a legit like challenge, throw down money. Another one in the books, y'all. That's been it, and it's been lit. That's been times flat circle from the Gaysos Podcast Network, and we will catch you next time. Remember to be yourself, just like everyone else. Bye. <laughs>